and welcome to the And Side podcast, the show that talks about all things disc golf, from weekend rounds for your mates to the pro tour over in the States. We've got you covered all from an amateur perspective. As always, we're your hosts, Rob and Dale. Dale, what have the listeners got in store this week? Well, we have just spent a week of, I think, a well-deserved break, if we're honest. Um, we've been flat out. We've had an incredible summer of disc golf. And um, I don't know about you, but it was nice to just relax and have a bit of time to ourselves. Oh, definitely. We, I mean, we had sunshine in the UK. It's almost unheard of. Well, as, as the world warms up, maybe a controversial topic, but we had a bit more sunshine. But we have had sunshine in the UK, which meant we headed to the beach. We were sunbathing, we were tanning, we were made a bit of frisbee on the beach, you know, <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got to keep discs in the air, but we were having just a week to ourselves, so we can really energise up to bring some incredible content to finish off the season. Yeah, we've got an incredible end to the season, um, but more of that to come. Obviously, this week we've had Delaware Open, and we've had a, an interesting winner, um, someone we haven't heard of on tour before, um, so we'll be going through that, and for the first time, we have got a... Disc golf board as a member, but um, it's a bit conspicuous and something a bit secretive. But I'm looking forward to going through that. That's going to be really interesting. Also, the dynamic of having multiple guests on the show, so we're going to find out how that works out for us. But you are, um, I mean, we can't say anything until we mention the sponsor of the show. Of they keep the show going and they keep us afloat and they keep us doing what we're able to do. Uh, so let's give a big shout out to discub.co.uk. Uh, they have got some beautiful new plastic in. Don't know if you've seen it, Dale, but they've got a load of stuff from Thought Space Athletics. Those Pathfinders are absolute fire. Uh, just, I think some of the best graphics in disc golf are coming out of Thought Space Athletics and Discub have them in stock. So make sure you go check out those discs and so much more. And if you buy anything, use our code AMSIDE5 and get yourself 5% off your purchase. Also, this heat, keep I'm going to keep mentioning the weather. I'm British, it's what I do. This heat, you need to keep yourself cool out on the course. And I do that and you do that by wearing backhand disc golf apparel. It's sweat wicking, it's comfortable and it's stylish and it is the best disc golf sort of dedicated sportswear you can get, especially in the UK. Um, and if you do choose to buy anything from Pand, make sure you use our code AMSIDE10 and you get 10% off your order from them. And you can find them at backhand-discgolf.com. Yes, you can. Two very good sponsors. And as you said, the show wouldn't really be possible without them. So thank you very much to them. But Rob, Delaware Disc Golf Challenge. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't get to watch a lot of it. In fact... I lied there. I didn't watch any of it. You know, I was, I was enjoying a, a hiatus away from disc golf. Um, but I have caught up now. And, um, well, a winner we haven't seen before. Yeah, similar to you, Dale. I was, I was having a week off, so I was watching through disc. And when this guy's name popped up, I was like, oh, uh, the, the, the pros must not have uh, teed off yet. They not, not, must not have come back yet because clearly... Uh, Clearly, there's uh, some of us maybe lower-ranked players still at the top. But no, the winner came in, um, a fairly impressive impressive win as well. Connor O'Reilly, um, a name that is in the back of my head somewhere from when you're scrolling on various leaderboards and he's in sort of the top 20s every now and then. And it's a name that I've definitely seen, but not a name that I would expect to win. Really a tournament that's, let's face it, it's stacked. 
He beat, he beat out Ricky Wysocki. He beat out Calvin Heimberg. He beat out these players that we come to expect to take him to win every week. Yeah, you know, your Calvins, your Rickies, you, when, when you see them on the card without your likes, your Port Bass, etc., you're thinking that they're going to be taking it down. But this week was, was a different story. Uh, Conor O'Reilly uh, taking it down at 22 under, um, beating big names. You know, what, what, that's a win to, to write home about. It's his first big win um, and something, you know, looking at his stats at the moment, he's won nine events, but they're all B and C tiers. So that's like you going over there after your big win and going to take down MVP next week. Well, who says I'm not going to, you know? <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't told you what I'm doing next week. But it's, uh, it's, it needs to be said that we sort of said at the beginning of the season that what we wanted from this year was for players to come in, really mix it up, and make these sort of top dogs, as you will, really sweat a little bit and challenge them for those top spots. We saw Kyle Klein take down the win a couple of weeks ago. We've seen Conor Ray take down the win this week. It just shows that the pool of impressive players is just getting bigger and bigger. And it is any given Sunday on that last day is who's going to pull the trophy. Yeah, exactly that. Um, but a name we have seen before and a name that we've seen many, many times before, um, she's absolutely crushing it this season, is Katrina Allen, uh, taking down the win at Delaware this weekend. Yeah, Kat Allen, absolute bulldozer at the moment. You know, she's coming off Worlds. She was having a competitive season to start her sort of year, but then she took down Worlds, and I think that she is just motivated to finish the season as strong as anyone can. Um, obviously, it's going to be her and Paige Pierce neck and neck onwards for the rest of the season See to see who takes down each event. Um, but, yeah, a great win, and it's it's a huge win as well. As we've seen before in the FBO divisions, the winner winning by double digits. Uh, it just shows that really that, that there's a level of class, I suppose, difference on the FBO, which maybe needs to be filled, maybe by the Europeans we mentioned before. Yeah, I, I'd quite like there to be um, a change in the FBO for next year because looking at these scores, you know, she, she shot, what, 14 down. She was 10 in front of Sarah Hokum at four down. So both very respectable scores, you know, very, very good. We look at the people sort of at the other end of the scale and we've got a player at 51 over. You know, you wouldn't see in the sort of in normal golf, you wouldn't see that massive difference. So I would be very, very up for there being a qualification to get on, to get a pro card next year. I'd like that. Yes and no. I think a big thing is that uh, there's less uh, players in the FPO dedicated to, obviously, full-time disc golf, even the ones we've had on the show, like uh, Christine Jennings. She plays locally to where she's able to play. I don't feel like there's the uh, there's... I mean, there's definitely the talent in the FPO. I don't think there's the talent that's willing to travel uh, mm. for the full season, which yeah. is, it means we're seeing these massive divides in the players that are committing and can commit their entire life to disc golf and to those that are extremely talented but are somewhat hindered by distance or commit time commitments. Um, so I think really it, it's, it, the gaps will be closed as we're seeing more FPO pros out on tour, putting the time into it and just, yeah, closing those gaps at the top which I don't want to give too much away because we have an incredible announcement, but I think that's a great time to jump over to our guests this week. We've got a few, so we're going to let them all introduce themselves. Um, but let's jump over to the chat we had with them recently and hear what this big news is they have to announce. 
Ladies, welcome to the Amside. Now, this is the first time we've had sort of multiple guests on at once, so we're going to see how it works. It might be a little bit of an experiment, but we are super excited to give it a go. So, as you know, if you listen to the show, we ask everyone to introduce themselves. So maybe we can keep it all a little bit short, but why don't we start with uh, you, Carol? Why don't you choose yourself and what you're doing within Disc Golf? Hi, my name's Carol Finley. I think quite a few of your listeners will know who I am, certainly from the UK. Um, started playing disc golf in the summer of 2019 after discovering disc golf baskets at Cotswold View. And uh, I've really been busying myself playing tournaments this year, getting a feel for that side of the, uh, the side of the sport, but also running um, the first ever women's national disc golf bag tag league, which has been a huge success. And we're coming up to the climax of that on September 20th. Zoe, why don't we jump on to you then? Hello there, yeah, I'm Zoe and um, I'm the chair of Nottingham's Disc Golf Club. Um, been doing that for about two years um, and then I've just come back from the European Championships over in the Czech Republic. So yeah, proper into disc golf and um, this new exciting news will hopefully add to that. Cool. And last, last but not least. Yeah. Oh, we did it together. <laughs> last but not least, Rachel, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Rachel Turton and I've been playing disc golf for about a year now. I'm an ultimate player, ultimate background. Um, I've played ultimate for about eight years. And yeah, I've made the switch over to disc golf, enjoying myself. And I also got to compete with Zoe at the European Championships in the Czech Republic a couple of weeks ago, which was fantastic. And I know, well, I know personally, everyone that I played with whilst the European Championships was going on. I think I heard your name more than anyone else's that week because I think you had the whole, the whole nation was on your shoulders. Um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. The support from back home was was just wonderful and it spurred us on through the whole week. It was, it was a great experience. Great, but as, as Carol said there, I think what we have in front of us to the listeners that might not be so UK verse in disc golf, um, what we have is probably three of, sort of the best known females in, in disc golf in the UK currently. I know you could say your names up and down the country at any course and people, they know who you are. Let's not be humble. Uh, you, you, you three are doing great things in the sport. Um, and well, we're not going to beat around the bush. We alluded at the beginning of the show that you guys are going to come on and you're going to have some extremely exciting news to our listeners. Um, so why don't we jump into what that is and then we can have a discussion about, about that news and uh, some other bits moving forward. So who, who, wants to, who wants to break it? Who wants to be the one that sort of officially announces uh, on the show what your, your big announcement is? Okay, so building on from the success of all the women's events across the country um, last year, we got together and we decided that we can make it even bigger and better going forward. And so now I'd like to announce that we, the three members here, have formed the UK Women's Disc Golf Association. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I think it's been a long time coming. I'm, I'm extremely excited for it. And I think that what you're doing for Women's Disc Golf is just going to empower it. Um, so when, when you first... Uh, messaged me and was like look we've got something we want to talk to you about um i was very intrigued i was driving to work made a conversation and i was excited then i'm excited now um but yeah it is it is big news so congratulations all three of you um it's massive and very excited to talk to you about it this afternoon thank you i think we're all like three labrador puppies (laughs) who've got their first bone (laughs) we are very excited very excited about this so I, I, th- I think 
I think there's one elephant in the room and let's get that that elephant out the way first. So um, obviously there's tournaments in the UK that both men and women can compete in. Um, and obviously there's the governing body. So there's the PDJ, there's the BDJ that have sort of sanctioned these events. So really what's the, the need for this uh, body or council? Um, what, what, what's the need that you sought to bring, bring this forward and really sort of, I don't know, maybe put female disc golf in the UK to that, to that next level? I think what we're looking at is a, a women-focused organisation. Um, there are lots of women who um, leave sport after school and uh, I've been doing a lot of reading over months and months about women's relationship with sports. And those women who have always been sporty and actually um, continue with sport don't really see or necessarily understand that those women who leave sport find it very hard to find something to go back to. And having had uh, a very short relationship, if you like, the disc golf here in the UK and seeing what goes on elsewhere, it's really quite evident to me that there is... Um, there's a need to try and help women um, move into the sport and for those who are already with us to uh, actually um, gain more confidence, gain more play time um, where they feel confident. And just generally, um, we, we want this organization to be able to uh, branch out, not keep looking in at what we're doing or what we've done already, but look at what we can do elsewhere. So basically we're looking at um, trying to link up with other organisations, um, look for funding to help women um, come into the sport, link up with things like um, This Girl Can, Sport England and so on, how we can promote the, the sport out with and generally bring more women in. It's not all about tournaments, it's about getting discs in hands, get women playing recreationally and we'll probably talk a little later about some tournament ideas that we've got. It's not going to be the norm in terms of what we have here in the UK presently. I don't know if any of the, if Zoe or Rachel want to add anything more to that. PDGA membership um, last year was 93% male and 7% female. Wow. And we want to try and increase some numbers. Disc golf is such an accessible sport to everyone of any age, of any gender. It's so easy to be able to get involved. And we want to try and create opportunities for, for more women to be able to pick up discs and play for fun, have, have, have fun, play for fun, you know, play competitively, and just to increase the opportunities that are provided. I think that the sport, especially in the UK, has often been run by males for males. And now that there are more women in the sport, we, we want to try and use our experiences and use our voices to, to help try and cater for, for the women a little bit better. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one of our aims. I think I think just coming off the Olympics as well, where obviously the world was watching, there was a much bigger focus when it came to women's sport. I think women's sport at the moment is being noticed a lot more. We saw it of the Women's World Cup, the whole country is behind them. You know, everyone wants women to do better. So obviously what you're doing is is doing that. You know, we've just come off of our FPO month, which we we saw a gap in the market as well, you know, more women to come to the sport. We wanted to do as best we can to promote that. So what is it that the WBDGA is going to do to help women grow into the sport? 
So one of the things we'd like to do is obviously what, what Rachel said and what Carol has said is, is encourage women to be out playing. And we've seen that women do want to do that. They just maybe didn't know how. And with the Bag Tag League and with the, the events, it's just bringing everybody together. Uh, we'd like to see more women TDs um, being able to ho host events. So it's not just com it's not just competing, but actually the organising of things as well. Um, because, because like we said, we, it, it, there aren't many women and uh, female TDs in the UK. So that, that's one of our aims is to grow that as well. Brilliant. So it's all about that growth. You know, it's bringing people together. And I think, Carol, you did it brilliantly at the start of the year, end of last year, with your bag tag league. You know, that really got people interested in the sport. And I think that was a milestone in itself and how many women you got signed up to that. Yeah, I think the concept, um, having looked, to what had traditionally been happening with tournaments in the UK for women where a number of tournaments would have anywhere from zero to four maybe five at the very most women competing um, I, I tried to understand why that was and when you looked at where those individual women came from within the country it's no wonder they never met up only at tournaments if they were lucky because they were very widespread so the concept of the bag tag league where we, um, I introduced a play anywhere, play any time concept, really clearly appealed. Um, we had 46 women sign up for that league. Um, it's been hugely successful. Um, in, during the, the league, um, I set up challenges as well so that we had um, the most players played for bag tags. Currently the leader on that, because we're still waiting to finish the league that finishes on the 20th of September, the current leader on that particular um, aspect has played 22 players so far, individual players. Wow. Um, we also set another challenge, which was, uh, there will be awarded prizes for this incidentally. Um, the other challenge was the most courses played for bag tags as well. And currently the leader on that is nine courses now, nine individual courses. So those little incentives essentially in part have played a part in, in um, getting women out there. But I think what, what I did in creating it is I created an environment where women knew where one another lived. You know, I put out there when people started to join where they actually lived and where they were in relation to courses. And I think that's helped enormously because a lot of women out there at the time just didn't know where their nearest female player existed, you know. Um, what it has also done is it helped show me and subsequently for the association going forward where the gaps are, where the gaps are in membership in terms of female members. And it's quite, it's quite startling in some respects, but also where the majority of the women are in relation to courses. And it's, it's no surprise that... That where the bulk of courses are, the bulk of players are, you know, so it's another indicator that we need to get more courses in the ground. And that's something that I'm sure that as an association, we'll be able to work with, you know, people within the, the business and seeing what we can do. Absolutely. And uh, so, Zoe, I, you have to forgive me. I don't know your s story of how you found disc golf, but I, I've spoken to Carol and uh, I know that, Rachel, with your ultimate background. So Carol being obviously you've had sort of tried lots of different sports as you progress being involved in sport. Rachel playing ultimate. I think I think ultimate must be one of the biggest pulls uh, for female players transitioning into disc golf. And I get the sense with uh, with 
female players, there's less people showing up just to give it a go and more people that have transitioned either from ultimate or from an extremely sporty background looking to try a different sport. Whereas with um, with male players, I feel like there's more people that just on a Sunday fancied giving it a go rather than looking for a sport or a transition. So how can we as a community and how will the organisation sort of work towards pulling people in that aren't necessarily transitioning from ultimate to disc golf or already previously sporty? How can we as a disc golf community get people to discover this as a potential first sport almost or a sport that you don't have to have background of throwing discs or running a mile to get involved yeah, i mean i think cheryl pines is um is is a really good facilitator of this because it has already so many visitors i think like it's it's huge over there you get get twenty thousand people um in a weekend at cheryl pines and i think once people like women see other women playing then they then they like they've been and or if we approach them and say have you ever seen this before or would you like to go if i've been up there and just and just like had a, had a throw with women um and it, it is it's just about that engagement um and the building of confidence and having open days and it's just seeing other women doing this and think well if they can do it then then why can't i do it i'm, I'm going to give that a go and, and get involved that way so it's all about seeing and doing and then that participation level just builds from that because um, with Show Pines, it's always there's already massive activities there. There's there's go eight, there's um, the cycle pass, there's um, the the segway. So it's already people who are there are active, the running trails and everything. So I think we need to be getting it um, more in a in a less um, restricted way and in a more public way. And then I know there's so many public parts out there already, and, and just get it more visible and more visible women playing as well. I can concur with that. Um... I volunteered with my partner to put, to uh, help Manchester Disc Golf co uh, Club on a couple of days this last week at Withenshaw. Uh, Withenshaw have um, a two-week uh, event called Withenshaw Games, where they invite people to come along to try out different sports. So there was tennis, and there was uh, ride a bike, and there was a running park run on that day, and. Um, we put a pop-up pop six-hole course there and a practice area. And um, we were there for two days. And the largest number of people that we had through on one day was 221 people. And we were showing them how to hold a disc, wow. how to throw a disc, um, you know. And uh, it was great because some of the women, particularly, who had come on the Sunday and had met Katrina and I playing, and we'd shown them how to, how to play, came back without their husbands. They brought their kids but they brought more friends with their kids, you know, and it was a simple case of what Zoe has said. They saw women playing because we were just putting and they thought, oh, maybe I could have a go at that. Or they stop and watch. And as soon as they stop and watch, you go over and say, you know, come and have a go. And that's what they did, you know, and it's fantastic. And I think that's what we'd like to do more of is get out and show people women playing because I think that's the, the current situation that with parks where people walk, they see guys throwing and they kind of, you know, oh, okay, it's a bunch of guys throwing some plastic around. But if we can get more women out there, it really does, you know, motivate others to think about it. I agree with you, Carol. Yeah, the social aspect of sport is, is extremely important for a lot of women. And I think that what we've created so far with the Bag Tag League, we've certainly created lots of little hubs of different people all around the country and knowing that 
if you go on holiday, you can go and visit other people that live other places and go and play disc golf with them. And knowing that you can meet a friend on a different course anywhere you go, I think is a, is a really valuable aspect of our sport and one that we'll look to keep on promoting. Even with the, the women's global events that ourselves run, um, I ran one up in Scotland and one of the ladies brought her mum along. A lot, of the, a lot of the men who wanted to play came and brought their partners along just to try it because they knew that there'd be lots of other women there. We'd all be in the same boat. Everybody would be learning together and everyone would just have a good time and just be outside and learn a new sport with friends. And I think that's something that's really good about disc golf. I couldn't agree more. I, it, it's almost like a sticker collecting or Pokemon card collecting because I think there's such a small community. Well, it's a very growing but there's names you hear all the time on on the Facebook forums or just from a friend of a friend. So, Carol, when I first met you, obviously I knew who you were. When I met you, I sort of messaged Dale and was like, oh, I met Carol at Manchester. It was, uh, it was lovely to meet her. So it's almost you collect these names of people you hear about playing course to course. And I think it's definitely community building. Um, I'm going to be, again, I'm going to be a little bit controversial and challenge uh, sort of uh, something that's kind of, uh, you, you've all said, and that is... Disc golf is this incredible sport that you can play. I mean, look at some of the courses in holiday camps and with the family and you can rent one Frisbee. Uh, and it's this almost pitch and part or crazy golf aspect where you can use one disc and you can have great fun. You can get a par four in 10 shots, but still have a great time and because you, you can do it with your family. How do we see people or how do we sort of show people the jump to uh, a legitimate sport that, everyone listening to this podcast knows the disc golf is uh, i mean zoe you just competed uh, uh, for great britain over in the european championships that wasn't a holiday holiday camp course uh, and so do you turns uh, that so how how can we sort of show the jump or is it important that we use the stepping stones it starts as a family activity and then allow people to take the game more seriously if they wish so i think that could be sort of like an analogy to crazy golf maybe and golf so you, you, the beauty of it is that you can you can choose either, and then once you progress, yeah, you can start off um, small. I I started off small, and then it just gets so addictive. It's just like I want I want to make it fly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do what they're doing, and and for me that that was the key is that I, I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to go and experience different courses and, and meet new people. And yeah, for me that that was a massive, massive key there of, um, of starting off small, getting to know the uh, disc, getting to know uh, the people being shown. And also um, I, I think what I would have liked at the time possibly was more women actually being able to show me that. And, and I think with this, this can be the, the key. This, this could be the key to that because we will have more women out there showing women how to play and that it isn't they, they can build on it and and they can they can go on holiday but not just in this country all over the world and, and meet meet people and play big courses play small courses and i think that's what the beauty is is that this this sport is so versatile yeah and i think well i'm gonna answer your question as well because the way i see it it's all about confidence now, the day that you picked up the disc for the first time, you played on a small course. You now see yourself playing on larger courses such as Essex, you know. But on day one, you weren't thinking about doing that. You know? No, not exactly. at all. <laughs> you, know, you were thinking about the next, you know, getting better. And I think that is what's so important. I think, Zoe, you're incredibly right that, you know, having those women there that could help you along the way is, is going to be so yeah. important, you know. 
So and it is confidence, it's all about you're right. Confidence. You know, on day one, you're not thinking about throwing a 200 meter par four. You know, all you're thinking about is throwing a disc a little bit further. Um, how can I not throw it up? Exactly. How can I throw it straight? How, what, what does nose up mean? <laughs> Why is it? Well, how can I stop the wind taking exactly it? Exactly that. Um, it, it's all about it. Uh, Dale, you knew, you knew I, you know I'm a natural. <laughs> day one. 300 I know, foot drives. I know that for sure they did not happen. <laughs> but one thing I'm very interested in, I think one thing that a lot of women will be interested in once they've got that confidence, you know, how are tournaments going to be different? You know, how are you going to run your tournaments differently to what they are now? Traditionally in the UK, we have tournament weekends where we have two rounds of 18 one day and either one or two rounds of 18 the second day and everybody is exhausted even those who are competent players are worn out i actually asked the question a little while ago why is it that the pros play 118 a day you know and it may be over two or three days but it's 118 a day and yet in the uk we are running two lots of 18 two days running and the answer was basically back in the day when disc golf was relatively new in the UK and there were few courses, um, people wanted to go play and they wanted to get as much disc golf in they, as they could once they traveled 200 miles up the road. And that tradition has stayed with us in the UK. One of the big feedbacks that I've certainly had with um, running the, the, um, the Bag Tag League and then subsequently putting on the WGE and also playing in tournaments this year is talking to the women, what do they want out of tournaments? And I would say probably with the greatest number have actually said one day tournaments is all we want to do. It's too much to do two days because of a, the physicality of it, remembering that quite a lot of these women have come from a non-sporting background. So this might be the first activity that they've undertaken in years. But secondly, they may have other commitments. You know, they may have children, they may have you know, parents that they need to look after, you know, or work, you know, there's all sorts of other commitments they may have. And so what we've been looking at, um, at putting on for the association is one day events, but with an optional second day. And the second day being something like a random flip doubles day where they can spend time with other women, getting to know other women, and they can choose to partake in that because that will be a social rather than an actual tournament itself. And we'll look at, you know, getting feedback from the women and finding out exactly what they want to add into that. Might be a putting competition or something like that going forward. Because this is an, it's a growing association where our members will have a voice and they will be able to let us know what they want to get out of this association as well. It's so important that feedback, you know, and stuff like that, it, it's going to build it, isn't it? You know, I just played my first two-day event and personally for myself, you know, it was the first time I was away from my son for two days and I, it, it, I was struggling. So, you know, I think a one-day events where people haven't got to be away from their families and stuff like that will just, I, I just think you'll fill them up quicker. I, I generally do. I think there's still the need for two-day tournaments. I think the MPO side of it, they're craving the two-day tournaments is still what they want to do. But I think what's important and what you're doing is adapting to what, your women and what the women of disc golf in the UK want. And I think that's very, very important. Yeah, this leads us on really nicely to talk about the tournaments that we are hoping to run next year. Go for it. 
So the first tournament that we have penciled in is a Winter Wonderland at Sherwood Pines on the 9th of January. This is going to be a one-day event. Um, is there ice skating? <laughs> ice skating, that would be the dream. There will definitely be fun and games Excellent. involved um, for those who want it, yeah. Um, it'll be a great way to start the year and a great way to start meeting other new women that might want to play the sport as well. Um, we're hoping to host a spring sling at Bluebell Woods on the 9th and 10th of April as well. That'll be a one-day tournament on, on Saturday with a random flip doubles on the Sunday. Love it. Exciting, yeah. And we'll get to meet more new women, um, play with people that you might not necessarily play with anyway. And yeah, meet new people. And our final event will be a, or well, one of the final events will be a summer soiree at Longford Park in Manchester on the 9th and 10th of July. That's also going to be a one day PDGA event with an optional Sunday as well. Um, and we'll speak to the women about the kind of format that they might like, what they've enjoyed from the year so far, and anything that they might hope to take on um, for that Sunday as well. So we've got these events spread across the country hoping to recruit as many new people as we can. Um, everyone who's a woman will be welcome to, to come and join the tournament. And yeah, it'll be open to anybody of any level. It's, it's so cool that you've got these sort of, I mean, you're, you're announcing today and you've got events. So it's not just a, oh, we're announcing this, this organization, this body and listen out for what might come. It's great that you've got some things <laughs> in the calendar that people can immediately go and sort of Absolutely check fantastic. out. Uh, normally, when I sort of hear about events in the UK, I'm like, count me in, I'm there. And then I'm like, oh, damn. But, you know, I, I'm not too far from Show of Pines. And if you have me, I'd love to come and watch the event and, and uh, obviously maybe get some content for our social media as well. Uh, and if you need a caddy, I'm always happy to, to carry bags uh, and wheel trolleys as well. So um, I'll definitely try and get to as many of them as I can. Um, and you know what? It's going to be quite refreshing not throwing discs at a tournament. You know, actually just, uh, just watching... Um, what we know to be an incredible field of skilled disc golfers in in the women's leagues over here in the UK. I know it's getting incredibly competitive, Rachel. I know you're probably uh, shaking on your boots some of the people that are coming to give you a run for your money. Yep, and um, the finale of the year, um, we are going to have a women's championships. Everybody who becomes a member during the year will qualify automatically for this. Um, we want to include as many people as we can in it. And that will be, we're hoping for the 17th and 18th of September at a to be confirmed venue. So keep your eyes peeled. Exciting news coming up. I think they've put a lot of thought into the names of these disc golf tournaments. You know, the MPO events is so boring. The Essex Open. We've got like the spring soiree or the summer soiree. Yeah. You know, I, I um, I'm there it for reminds that. Reminds me of a gin darling as well with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Afterwards, after the after gin, gin and tonic, we are we are there. <laughs> um, but um, no, it's fantastic to see. Um, you've already got events lined up, as Rob said. Um, so you know, it's big things coming, and I think it's just they're friendly events, and I, I honestly think we have a lot of untapped potential in the UK, the FPO scene, and I'm very excited to see what comes from these events you wait till you hear the membership benefits you're going to be so jealous <laughs> why, why don't we go there then <laughs> oh my gosh so this this has been um so well supported by by companies not just in the uk but across the world it's it's, it's fantastic so the first one obviously would be the full membership benefits for all women will be the full voting rights um they're going to get free entry to the uk 
Women's National Bag Tag League and a annual bag tag which will be issued based upon on the membership number. So that will be, we're looking at um, actually putting it out to members for a design, a competition design on there. So that's something that they can again get involved with and feel the ownership um, and participation in the association. So it's, it's, it's theirs, it's ours. We just want to, everyone to be, to be active and involved in it. We're also, a membership benefit will be free UDIS Pro subscription, um, which UDIS have kindly donated for us, for all of our members. And then we're going to have um, free entry to prize raffles. We're going to have so many raffles, it's unbelievable. I'm not sure how we're going to keep track of all these, to be fair. But the, we've got a monthly disc draw, which is um, courtesy of London Discord community. So, so each month, I think it's for nine months of running this, we've got a, a disc which will be lightweight, which um, if you, I think it's on the website now, isn't it, Carol, yeah. the pictures of those discs. So you've got um, pearls and sapphires and jades. So anyone who gets involved in that is, is automatically popped into that draw. Then we've got free entry to the 2022 championships um, presented by us. Love it. We've got preferential tournament registration for the tournament provided by, by the association. And we've got association or supporting merchandise or discounts. So one of the, on the membership page there, you can see that our members will be getting discount at certain um, online shops and stores. And then they're also able to help us with their voice to, to shape the future of, um, of women's disc golf, which is, which is really, really important, obviously. Um, and Carol, let me get this right. I think, is it, is it till December? If um, a woman becomes a member, they get popped into a draw for, which bag is it? The upper park? It's the upper park shift bag. So any, any uh, if we have 20 or more women join before Christmas, they'll be automatically entered into the draw for an upper park shift bag, which is a really cool bag. I'd be surprised if anybody's actually got one of those bags here in the UK, um, but a uh, really, really nice bag. And that again is on our page, which is covered under news and events. Um, everybody will be able to see that that's when that draw is due and they'll see what the prize is. Yeah, see, these aren't shabby stuff. This is, and this is like, this shows how much people want this to work, how much people are behind us. And it, it's just so amazing. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that all these, all these major companies and it's just like, believe in us. And they believe in the women, which is so important. If I could just pick up on that and let you guys know which supporters have come in, they've kind of put the money where their mouth is. They really believe that this is the way forward, you know, for, for women's disc golf in the UK. And I'm just going to spray the names across. Yeah, here I would for say invite We've a friend got, along, um, find a female UK. friend who could We've be interested, disc, give them a couple of discs, teach them how to throw, disc and then take them to a course. London Disc Golf Pines seems like a great starter. UK Disc um, Golf, uh, a family friendly disc golf course. Pro Tour is a is a perfect place to disc start. Golf. Yeah, go the and Scottish Disc Golf Association, the Amside Podcast, Woo! Throw Pink, and In the Chains Podcast. We've also had three anonymous donations. And we've had um, the logo that we've got that you'll see on our website and all over our social media. We've got two versions of it, depending on where it sits. Um, but uh, we've had uh, the design done by one of our own women who's currently in the league. And uh, we've credited her with that also on our Facebook page. 
So it's a huge amount of support from both here in the UK and abroad from some very big names in the sport who truly believe what we want to do and what we want to achieve uh, is the right way forward. And it's amazing that you're, you're, you're getting that support. I think it's really a no-brainer. You know, when these companies have heard what you're trying to do, I'm sure the conversation they had internally was extremely short. Now, Carol, you did you did say a swear word, which is the In The Chains podcast. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's normally left unsaid, but that's fine. We, uh, we get on with the guys over there, so. Uh, Robin Bowen's word. Who's that? Yeah, who's that? In the, in the, yeah, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, but no, um, I know, yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me that you've had this sort of, this almost ambush of, of positive support, because uh, honestly, when we heard about what you were doing, um, we just thought it was uh, one, the right time, and two, just it's a great thing to be doing. Um, and that kind of leads us on to sort of, I mean, we'll get you to say anything, anything else and sum up. But one thing we wanted to ask, um, we normally do, we normally do Dow's questions and lost disc story. I think with so many people, I think we'll all have to have you on individually so we can really dive into those stories. So we're going to change it up this week a little bit and do, we're going to ask the same question to all three of you and we'd love your answer. And it's just, what's one thing uh, that we could do right now? And when I say we, it could be me, it could be Dale, or it could be the disc golf community. Uh, how we can, within the next week, help support help support female disc golf in the UK or worldwide? What can, what can we do as individuals or as a community? Um, Zoe, I see you deep in thought. Do you wanna, do you wanna kick us off? I'll put, you on the, uh, <laughs> I'll put you in the fire line. I think, I think everyone's doing really well at the minute. And, and it's, it's hard to say what else you can do because I know that you're doing what, what you can at the moment. So it's, it's all relative. And without um, bringing this, the association forward, it's, it's, um, it's difficult to know, but I just think being out there and being visible and just, just keep doing what you're doing and just, yeah, support, yeah, just be there. Fantastic. Rachel. That's, that's a great one. I've actually got a, a female friend that wants to try it and I've just bought her a DX uh, rock uh, and that's so she can have her own disc and she's gonna she's looking forward to give it a go. So hopefully we'll have a, at least one more playing the sport by uh, by Christmas. And, and Carol to finish on uh, to finish on you. I think just support, support, support. I think for women they need confidence and I think rather than guys particularly trying to tell them what they're not doing right is really to just big them up when they are out on this course. You know, you see so many women who want to have a go and they don't, you know, I was the same, don't throw very well at the start, but rather than trying to correct or trying to, you know, make somebody feel small, um, I think it's just try and support the best way that you can. Um, I think uh, both ladies' suggestions here about getting people out there, you know, you guys just, you know, promoting more. You've been fantastic promoting the FPO side of the sport as well, making that much more visible, I think is important because it's like any sport, women need role models. And without those role models, they don't believe that they can do. So thank you very much for doing that for us. Yeah, and it, you know, it's what, it's, something is important to say is that, you know, we're not a one trick pony. We didn't do an FPO month and that was it. You know, we've done our bit for the month. We've got 
even for the end of the year, we've still got things coming up with the uh, women's disc golf that is just going to blow people's minds. Um, one of the best things I just remembered that this happened to me whilst playing disc golf, you know, I was sat here doing this podcast and the doors were open to the garden and M, my partner, walked out there, found my putters and started throwing. So we need to get her on the, go- on the yeah, golf absolutely. course. absolutely. <laughs> because she won't do it just yet. I've tried it, um, but we need to get her out there. Um, so that's my mission for 2022 is to get her on I the golf I think course. just tell her that there's now a women's association that's here to support you know and that's the thing well she's been listening i'm sure she's uh she's raring to go um she's smiling she's laughing i can see her right now so um i'm sure she'll be out there next year and without giving it away i you know exactly what to get for christmas that's a membership to the uk wdga <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Robert, you in marketing? <laughs> I, 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 I actually am. I don't know if I've done my job. I am, I am in marketing. So, um, so I am. But uh, yeah, I think that's. Um, I, I think that's really great. I think the idea of not dragging someone into the sport, but allowing them to find it themselves. So you can potentially drag them to the course, but uh, but don't sort of drag them through the course and show them exactly how to throw and mm. they're doing this wrong. Something that I don't know if me and Dad have discussed on the show, but it's like a concept that we both uh, talked about and agree on is we think that disc golf is we hear it everyone says it's addictive and that's that, that that's a given i think the reason it's addictive is it's almost pavlovian conditioning i think every time you hear the chains ring it's just like if you hear a bell you get a chocolate every time you hear the chains uh, the chains go and you've made that putt you want to do the next one and the next one and then you go home and you can't sleep about it because you want to hear those chains ring again um so i think one thing is for sure that if we can get a lot of people to the course, quite a few are going to stick around just because how how addictive it is as a sport. I'll just tell you one very short story from Withenshaw on, uh, on Tuesday. We had a group of people who booked in to actually come and attend. It was 12 young adults, um, a mix of male and female, who had learning difficulties and severe autism. And they came along with their four carers um, because they wanted to have a go at disc golf. They'd heard about it from the Withenshaw Games and they wondered what it was. And one of the things that they said during lockdown that's been very challenging for them as an organisation looking after these individuals in daycare was keeping them active. And they resorted to throwing a ball in a box. So they um, came along to have a go at disc golf and one of the guys who had severe autism wouldn't throw the ball in the box, but we got him playing disc golf but there was uh, some of the girls who were thrilled to bits that they were doing better than the guys that were there and it was all about ringing those chains although some of them who had severe autism and couldn't cope with the noise they had ear defenders on so it wasn't too much of an issue but they just they were with us for 45 minutes and they didn't want to leave and I had a call from their carer their lead carer the day after to say that was one girl in particular who had not shut up about this sport, that she discovered this new sport and she was really good at it because she could get it in the basket, you know? And uh, I've arranged to have them sent a basket and some discs um, so they can continue because I think it's important for people like that to have those experiences and continue. But that is what it's all about, is getting people out there, getting them ringing those chains and they'll come back, they'll come back. Incredible. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think it's a very apt, uh, great story and something very, very good. Um, but girls, is there anything else you want to shout about before we, we end? 
I think it'd be a good time to tell us how you can follow us. So yes. our social media information. Um, if you would like to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram handle is UKWDGA. Our uh, website is UKWDGA. Oh, sorry, so is our so is our Instagram, UKWDGA.org um, for the website. Our Facebook is UK Women's Disc Golf Association. Awesome. Well, make sure you go and give them a follow. Um, they're doing big things in the UK, and I do not think this is the last time we're going to be hearing from uh, this organisation whatsoever. But they're doing nothing to help with my fear of acronym. I can't even say the word. <laughs> I've, I've, I've gone completely blank. But you have your PDJ, your BDJ, your UKWDJ. When we had the when we had the USWDGA, that made my mind melt. So, <laughs> but you see, you're doing nothing to help that, but for good good reasons. Um, so, ladies, I uh, we I mean, I think we have plans in the future to get you all on individually as well as we'd love um, at the end of the season or beginning of next season, really get you back on to talk about how these events are going, how the organisation is running, because we have no doubt that it's going to be uh, incredibly successful. Carol, you said you're hoping to get uh, for this giveaway 20 before Christmas. I think you have 20 before the end of the week. So don't worry about that. That would be that would be an achievable goal. But I like the way you've set the goals nice and low. That's what I do when I play disc golf. And I know uh, Dale also keeps his bar quite low between you and me um but ladies um well until until that point until next time we wish you all the best uh, with this organization um and we can't wait to see what's going to come next thank you, thank you. Thanks thanks for wow i think you will all agree that that was uh, some awesome news like a different a whole new organization uh in the uk supporting female specific disc golf i mean it's uh, just shows the growth of the sport and it's really exciting to see how that's going to move forward uh massively and that is the word i was thinking about for the last 35 minutes organization um but it's incredible and i i, I genuinely believe that we're going to see an influx of female players coming into the sport um which is brilliant all three of those ladies have, have smashed it um, in their own separate ways this year when it comes to the female sport. Um, so very excited to see how that goes. But talking about smashing sports, Rob, we took a we took a holiday last week. You know, I said to you, I think we should take a break, you know, reset. Probably at the wrong time for you because you'd just come off a big win. And I felt it necessary that we go through the Essex Open this week because we need to be able to talk about it because both of us, in our own way, smashed it. Yeah, well, you know me. I don't, I'm not one to blow my own trumpet, so I, I'm extremely humble. So all I'm going to say on the matter is I am a god amongst men. <laughs> um, disc, golf, disc golf can't even touch me now. It's just, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's extremely impressive. Um, I've had people ask, ask for autographs. I've had uh, all my all my grandparents. That's it. Just just grandparents, but it means the same nonetheless. No. So we did have the Essex Open. Um, it was uh, your first two day event. Um, and I think it's important to say that it was the first. Well, was, uh, we don't mention Creeksey. It was the first proper tournament that we played together. 
um, uh, like uh, obviously being able to sort of talk to each other in between rounds, support each other in between rounds, talk maybe game plans, um, almost a little bit like some of these sort of friendship groups you see over on tour. Uh, um, and also we did a practice, uh, practice round the day before as well. So, so um, it really felt like a big, a, a big, a big event for us. Uh, it was a boys' as, as weekend, a wasn't it? It was a boys' weekend of disc golf. Yeah, which is completely opposite from the topic we just spoke about. So, <laughs> so true. Um, but the yeah, it was it was it was great. Um, I think I think we just start by talking about almost the the pressure on on the event. So uh, Jack Brew, uh, as a lot of people may know in the UK, he was the TD for the event. Um, and the Essex Open is, I mean, it's got history. People that have played that have played that for the last decade love the event. It's an event that people look forward to because of COVID. There wasn't one last year, so it almost built up a little bit more for sort of the anticipation for the Essex Open. So there's a lot of pressure on Jack to, to sort of pull a big event off. And it's also important to say that the university that the course is on don't really like disc golf that much. So it's a little bit harder to obviously put on an event on a course that don't really want you there. But I had a fantastic weekend. And I know that, I mean, every, every tournament has its hiccups, but... With those being put aside, it was a well well run event, um, and definitely one that I'm now excited to play next season. Yeah, it was really well run, and um, hats off to Jack. You know, he had I think six seven weeks to do it, and, and he pulled it off. And I know the planning's already underway for next year. But in terms, of, obviously, the tournament itself, obviously we, we've said you you came away with the win. Um, I came in seventh, which and I got to a, I got to a finals, so I, I was very happy. I think the first round let me down. Um, nerves, maybe. Pressure of it being my home course. Uh, second round, I went and absolutely smashed my own PB. Um, I was on it. Literally played very, very well. Um, and then, yeah, just carried on the on to the Sunday and got myself into a finals. But I was on it for two rounds. You were on it for all three. You, you smashed it. Um, although you did lay up on the last hole of the finals. With a seven-point clear of the second place, yeah. Well, I think I think what happened is I made the smart the smart sporting decision. We got the same <laughs> score, and I went for it. Yeah, and how many lot discs did you lose in that holder? One. Okay, so that's twenty quid and the same score. I'll stick with just the same score, thanks. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to come out like I said, well, two minutes ago, like I did say, it, I'm not this amazing disc golfer. I won the event, um, but it, I was having a very good weekend. Um, every time I played University of Essex course I played with you Mm -hmm. Uh, it's important to say that the course was a little bit overgrown because it's a Mm -hmm. nature park so it was was actually a very hard course to play in compared to previous times we've played and actually the first two rounds I shot plus two which my previous best on the course ever was plus five so I started the first day having shot two rounds that were my personal best rounds Um, the second day that third round um, again I think I shot a plus four so it wasn't as good as my first two, but again, very good compared to my my previous history and very good against the rest of the card. Um, and then going into the finals, which this was this sort of torturous Safari 9, which I know had a lot of eyebrows being raised. Um, I just managed to to keep the lead. People, um, so talking about In The Chains podcast, uh, I had incredible battle all of Sunday uh, with Duffy, who... Um, Quite kindly had a little bit of a, a little bit of difficulty on one hole, which allowed me to sort of take a, a little bit more of a cushion going into the last couple of holes. But it was just such a good weekend. Um, 
one thing we've discussed about is ratings and leagues and divisions about where we put ourselves. Uh, and really, I, I've said that I will move to MA2 if I win a tournament or, or hit 900 rated. Um, so that is the push now. So basically, I'm gonna, the season's almost over. I'm going to finish the season MA3. Next season, I'm going to go and um, I'm, I'm going to jump into MA2 and really excited to sort of have that as a challenge uh, moving into 2022. Yeah, have that sort of different competitive field. Um, you know, it was my my first proper event. Um, so I cemented myself in MA3. Um, next year, I'm going to play a lot more tournaments, but one day is for me. Uh, two days was was too hard, being away from obviously family and stuff like that. Um, apart from Essex, when Essex Open comes back, uh, I'll be I'll be there. Um, but no, it, it was a great event and we had a great weekend of, uh, we saw the Interchange boys and it was great to see them. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. We're talking about great events. It's one of our favourites, and I know one of your favourite courses out there. We finally hit MVP Maple Hill. I am shaking, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited, and not just because the NFL season is back. So at the moment, I get <laughs> American football and disc golf, and this weekend in particular, the Bears are playing. It's the MVP Open at Maple Hill. Try and get me away. From <laughs> my tv or try and get away from a screen this sunday um yeah it's a beautiful course i think players that we've asked in uh, um, in, in the past on the show have said that maple hill is one of their top courses ever um every every course is great but no course is maple hill uh i mean it's a christmas tree farm what's not to love uh, <laughs> but the uh yeah i cannot wait um i think it's a course that we historically have seen the top players win so i think we're going to go back to seeing the Macbeths, the heinbergs the wysockis um the conrads uh take it down this week and we'll do our own predictions in just a second um but yeah what what a weekend of disc golf we are we're looking at and uh, talk about mvp quickly it's the mvp open have you seen that the the conrads uh the the sales of the james conrad envy they released for the world championships sold more than all the discs they sold in 2019. Yep. So one drop sold more. That just shows what, what a good move it was from MVP getting Conrad involved and Jeez. just shows the fan base that the MVP are building. I think even this season, I think at the beginning of the season, MVP were this niche scientific kind of like, we've got this gyrotech kind of uh, like brand. Yeah. Um, and now end of 2021, people we're seeing tournaments in the UK, people's bags are pretty much MVP only for a lot yeah. of players or, or everyone that I know pretty much has got one MVP disc in their bag uh, you excluded because obviously you're a disc card boy exactly that but looking at predictions um, who are you thinking about this weekend obviously your boy Calvin isn't in the 1050 club anymore uh, why are you doing that to me man he's, oh, he's, he, he's a 1050 boy well, he's not he's um, 1049 he, just well, just wait. He'll, he'll be up there in no time. You know, the the height, the bigger they are, the greater they fall. He's had a bit of a fall from greatness, but he'll be up there. Um, but MVP Open, who am I choosing? The course, it's a bomber course, but it's also quite technical. So it's someone with a big arm, but also the ability to hit lines. I'm going to go Chris Dickerson. Mm, um, he likes MVP. He likes MVP. He he wears those lumberjack shirts, so he looks good in the forest. Um, and yeah, I think I think I I don't think he's one that I've given a shout out for the win yet this season. Uh, and just looking at the lineup, I mean, 
there's it, it's stacked as always it's mvp open people are not going to miss it but chris Dickerson on the mpo over the fbo um i genuinely believe that katrina Rand's going to double up mm-hmm. um i think she is on a, a, a an absolute great journey moving towards the end of the season uh, obviously coming off the win this weekend i think she's just gonna peg out Paige pierce for the top spot but i think Paige pierce will come second i know we don't do second place predictions but i think it'll be katrina and then Paige pierce okay i think you're right when it needs to be a bomber and technical paul beth loves mvp paul beth is going to take it down this weekend uh, and i think then Paige pierce will take it as well so i'm sticking with my guns Paige pierce paul beth boring as ever but uh, you know it is what it is um they are, but I am interested in MVP. I'm very interested in throwing it. I'm, I am interested, but it's going to take a lot to change my bag at the moment because I'm very set on it. Um, but yeah. Well, I'm going to get a Sharpie and draw like a gyro circle around all of your Discraft discs. <laughs> so like, it just looks like it. Or, or, you can get, or you can get someone to dye it to yeah. look like gyro. So you're going to get Absolutely. a bit of best of both worlds. Um, but, but, got very special things coming. Well, we uh, we, we had enough teasers and announcements today, Dale. We can leave that for another time. <laughs> so, but until we uh, until we do a sign off, another huge sponsor to uh, a huge sponsor, huge shout out to the sponsor of the show. Um, and as always, we've got two. We've got DiscHub.co.uk talking about MVP. They've got some great thoughts based athletic discs, new in stock, like something of the show, and they are made by MVP. So, if you're a big fan of MVP and you haven't thrown thoughts based athletics give it a go because they are beautiful discs i throw the uh, animus on occasion but the pathfinders are just stunning multi-tri quadruple thruple stamps foiled discs they look beautiful <laughs> so definitely go check them out uh, and use our code anside five to get yourself five percent off your order if you order anything through discub.co.uk and if you've got if your discs are looking good what else is there dale it's to look good gotta look good right? Got to look good, so you're just looking good, you're looking good. And the best way to do that over here in the UK is by buying backhand disc golf apparel. It is the comfiest stuff I've ever played sport in. I've played sport my whole life, not just disc golf. It's the comfiest thing I've done physical activities in, um, and I feel great doing it. I know, uh, hey, maybe I wouldn't have taken down the Essex Open uh, win if I wasn't wearing it. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. You, you might not have. Ex- exactly. So, uh, but luck. Luckily, I have a backhand gear, and you guys can also get yours. Uh, go to backhand-discoff.com and use Amside10 as your code to get 10% off your order. Uh, and also, if you do, if you do wear this, uh, wear the stuff, both discub.co.uk or backhand. Why don't you uh, put something out on social media? You know, tag us, say, "Hey, Amside10 got me this awesome hat, T-shirt, jumper." scarf i don't think they've got scarf yet but i'm sure they're on the way uh, <laughs> anything let us know if you're uh, if you bought anything and if you're loving it absolutely and whilst you're doing that make sure you give us a follow on our social medias uh, all at the outside podcast facebook youtube um instagram not twitter i think it's too time consuming but if you want us on twitter let us know um but yeah guys if we don't see you on the course we'll see you on the outside